Hello everybody and a warm welcome to one of our Saturday night uh, discussions coming at you from the Paul Christian Spiritualist Church. As you can see tonight I am all on my own. Ah, yeah, everybody. Ah, thank you. <laughs> um, no, we're just going to have uh, an open floor discussion. It's a topic that I uh, put a post out on earlier this week uh, regarding healing within our churches. Sadly, uh, as sometimes happens with the um actual post that it got a little bit lost in translation so uh, i thought yeah we'll go live tonight and we'll actually talk about it i've been inviting in anybody who's got any questions comments or thoughts please put them in this very interactive night tonight because as i said i'm here all my little lonesome so quick hello hello margaret you're right darling phil good evening sir susan brown good evening i see there's plenty of other people joining too absolutely warm welcome so the post that i put out earlier on this week um and it was just trying to highlight my concerns regarding spiritual healing within our churches and centers as i said sadly it did get a little bit waylaid and confused um but that's, that's all right that's fine that's fine that's fine but where i'm coming from at the moment jack good evening sir leslie hello joanne oh goodness christina eva anna hello 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 yeah where i'm getting uh, just a wee bit concerned as you all know well let's go right back to basics shall we spiritual healing has been available in our churches and centers for as far back as i can remember we always had a dedicated healing circle and we offered healing before the services or after the services as well as dedicated healing times coming together it's always a huge part of our church and these healing circles are made up by uh, a great uh, team of very dedicated people very dedicated mediums now something i'm very keen to start really hammering home and getting over there is about you know when we talk about our healers number one they are healing mediums as you know i do have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet actually quite a few bees in my bonnet but this one in particular um is about the terminology we use when we say mediums we automatically assume we're talking of somebody stood upon the platform uh, giving messages from the other side of the veil. But the actual terminology, a medium, it's on Google, a medium is the interface between two states of being, which I think is actually a really nice description because uh, an evidential medium is the interface between the person receiving the message and the spirit giving that message. So our healing mediums are that interface between spirit-led divine healing and it being received by the sitter. So we like to start saying, 
are healing mediums and really, you know, starting to understand our own terminology. As I say, at this time, we've got a very unique opportunity where we've been forced to pause for a couple of years and we're coming back to things or just starting back on things. Uh, we have got this unique opportunity, just do a little sense check of where we are and why are we doing things. You know, so often everything becomes what you call in business CMP, which is called custom and practice. Um, I had a delightful example of that. When I worked on the railways, one of the chaps would always deliver the gritting sand to the middle of the depressed floor in the sheds, in the engine sheds because that's where they did sanding duties. Well, for the last 20 years, they started doing sanding duties out on the track. But this chap, bless him, every night used to take the sand down to the factory and not out by the track side. And it, it does, and I'm, I'm not having a dig. I'm not saying, you know, there's anything wrong there. We, we can just become so entrenched in a way that we do things. Um, that sometimes we need to just have a little step outside and just try and look at it with new eyes, new thinkings, and just asking ourselves that question, why? You know, not last, it's not an aggressive thing. It's not a challenging thing. It's not a thing to uh, destroy or tear down anything. It's just say, why are we doing that? Because the answer may come back perfectly valid, perfectly understandable, and go, oh, that's fine. We're just doing a little check. As I say, uh, our healing teams historically have been extremely dedicated um, with a healing circle and with dispensing healing either before or after the services and on special sessions, which would be apart from a service. So Wednesday afternoon is he uh, a divine service. Thursday afternoon is a healing session. Very much accepted within our movement and very grateful to. Um, but what I am looking at and just asking these questions now is in this time where we've come out of these two years, we have all in whatever area we are in the UK and abroad, I dare say. So good evening, Jack, if you could bear me out on this or not. Um, <clears throat> a, a certain number of evidential mediums have stepped back from working. And that's fine, absolutely fine. If people are not comfortable coming out, absolutely fine. Nobody is ever, ever, ever going to uh, be dismissive about that. But also, a certain number of our healing mediums have stepped back. Now, this is where I'm starting to get a wee bit uh questionable about things and trying to just have a look at the lay of the land the way it is at the moment and if if you do something different please put it in the comments box but uh generally as a, as a general overview to engage the services of an evidential medium you may have somebody recommended to you. You may have somebody approach you. This is you as in running a church or a centre. 
and you go through there's no formal process really um you may have a personal recommendation i've had people recommended to me by other church leaders in the area and for me that is good enough because if somebody from a another church or center says you want to book this medium they're really good that says to me that i want to book this medium they're really good so that process is you're going to have somebody come into your orbit, come into your awareness and your energy. Um, <clears throat> they'll be invited in to take a service. The agreement will be made. The discussion about what fees will be paid is had. The discussion about what the order of service is, and that will be agreed upon. Then whoever, A-N-O-B-A, will come to your church and perform that duty. They will perform that task as the evidential medium. And afterwards, the financial sides will be um, dealt with. Future bookings may well be taken. In some cases, and I know with some organisations, they have travel fees, travel expenses. And I believe at the moment, the going rate is 41p a mile. So just as an example, a broad example, I've just engaged an evidential medium to serve here at Paul. We pay £25, take a service. They live 10 miles away, so it's a 20-mile round trip. They would like travel expenses, which currently is a very emotive issue in the UK due to petrol prices. So that would be... £4.10, £8.20 on top of the fee that they would get. So we're looking at 25 So that would be £33.20 paid out. All right? Now, this is not about the money. Uh, please, people, don't say mediums shouldn't charge for their services as a gift because it is not a gift. In fact, sometimes it's quite the opposite. This is about what is I'm concerned with with our movement. So we have engaged this person through the recommendation of somebody else uh, that we know and trust. And they've come in, they've performed a duty, a little bit like a subcontractor would do if you were running a business, if you want to look at this purely on that level. And they have received the uh, agreed upon rate, which is hunky-dory. That's been happening year in, year out, length and breadth of this country. Now we get to the healers. Now, there are many organisations, and please don't be vociferous against one any one organisation. Um, there is a very strong similarity between the healing organisations. So um, I'm going to pick a name off of the list here. Julie Caswell. There we go. You are it. So Julie's recommended to me as a healer, all right? I, somebody down the road runs another church, said, oh, you want to get Julie Caswell in? Her healing is amazing. Oh, really? Great. Yeah, we, we need some more healers coming in. But this is handled totally differently. Uh, number one, actually taking a healer on on recommendation is pretty unusual unless there's been a change of circumstances. So say Julie, I know, lives in London had moved down to this area, then that might arise, that situation of getting a recommendation. But normally it would be down to 
the healer to approach a church. And let's face it, we all move in time. Uh, and we all have, uh, we may have a couple of churches in our area, and one's in favour at the moment, one's out of favour at the moment. And in a couple of years' time, that might switch for whatever reason. So there's a lot of movement goes on within our movement. So Julie's there, bounces up. Hiya, Laurie, I'm Julie. Um, I've studied healing with whatever organisation. I've done their two years training and I've been a passed out healer for X amount of time. And I understand, you know, you're looking for healers. Yes, I am, Julie. I'm with a, another organisation. So the rules are you have now got to do another two years training. And this is where I struggle. And I don't mean offence. And if anybody takes offence, you have created it, not I. I really struggle with this approach because I would say to Julie, who I'm using purely as an example tonight. Yep, that's lovely. So you've done your two years training. You've been out there working as a healer for five years. Um, you've covered all the shifts. You've turned out in rain, sunshine, snow, sleep, plague all these signs to dispense healing uh, with no financial reward, with the cost of the training, the cost of the insurance, the cost of the affiliation to whatever governing body coming out of Julie's pocket. But my response would have to be if I were assigned to another organization, yeah, Julie, I'd love to have you, brilliant. Right, you've got to do two years training irrespective of your past, because your training isn't recognised by my department. And you're going to have to repeat that process again of where I'm going to want you to come in for the next two years, tick a 100 boxes, uh, have some quite professional exams, yet not be treated like a professional. So physiology and... Uh, the skeletal composition of a human being, and I expect you to understand that and be able to pass a test on it. All the while, while you're paying for your training and you're paying to be a member of my organisation, and then you are going to get a, an insurance cover at the end, and it's at a reduced rate because you're a member of the organisation, but you're still going to have to pay it. And then after those two years, and after you successfully passing that, um, exams with people, I will then expect you to cover at least two or three sessions a week at church covering healing at your own expense. Also, and come on, we've all been here, or we've all heard this. Oh, Julie, come on. No, you've got to come in next Sunday. Um, we haven't got anybody, or we've only got so-and-so, and we can't leave them on their own, so you've got to come in. Do you know what? It, it's um, it's just been there. All this information has been there for so, so long. But I am very, very concerned um, that where we have seen healers step back due to the pandemic, where we're seeing healers move, because there's, again, a lot of movement going on, and this insistence of this two-year training, irrespective of your currently hold, held credentials, 
that very soon our churches and centres are really going to be in a fix for healers. You know, if you've got a healing team in your church and say that healing team is, say, five. Yeah, yeah, just an average number. We'll say five people. And that five people, you're going to have people who will go on holiday because we can again. You're going to have people who will have family visiting because generally they've been tend, healers tend to be a more uh, mature breed of people. So they will have visiting family coming down. Uh, you have people who are going to go poorly. Uh, and especially nowadays, the minute you get a cough, that's it. You sort of lock yourself away like the leper until it stopped happening. So it's very precariously balanced. It really is. And as people in that five, if one moves away, you know, Julie's just moved from London down to Sunny Pole. So you're down to four. But you've got this two-year period between... Uh, taking somebody on and actually having them in a position where they are deemed to be a fully-fledged healer and allowed to work on their own. And also this, I, I just don't understand it. If I am trained under one body, uh, I, I, I don't want to name names because sometimes we can get a little bit personal with that. So if I'm trained under one body, I've done my two years, I have signed up to their code of conduct, I've signed up to their code of ethics, I've passed a little test on answering questions on both of those documents, and they are pretty generic. Um, if we look at code of conduct, code of ethics through all these big groups, big organisations, they are pretty generic they are pretty similar they have big similarities there the wordage may be slightly different but the actual energy is the same then why can't i work in another affiliation or another body's place again if we, we if we adopt a bit of a business approach here uh, you've got a very busy, you've got a very busy engineering shop, all right? You are there assembling parts or day in, day out, day in, day out. Part of the management and the growth of that engineering, the shop floor, the people on the shop floor is you are going to have movement in staff over time. Every time you have a vacancy, would you be waiting then for somebody to do a two-year apprenticeship before they are able to step into the role of a full-time employee when you are one full-time employee down? And the very simple answer is no, you wouldn't. You would advertise for um, skilled staff to come in. They may need to learn your factory's layout, your uh, rules, regulations, where the loo is, what your lunch break is, what your rate pay is, and all these things. Um, but they would be pretty soon, they would be pretty productive because they already understand and know and have proven track record of being able to do the job they're employed for. So that's in the business side of things. Why aren't we looking at that in our churches and centres regarding our healing mediums? 
Lawrence. You know, I'd, I'd, this is a real case. We were affiliated to a body here. Um, and there was a gentleman approached me. He was just moved back from Spain, 25 years running a healing sanctuary in Spain. Gave me his website's address, very pucker website, really good website, lots of recommendations, glowing commendations, very professional looking website, very nice gent. So at the time we were liaised or affiliated to a certain a, a healing body. And I said, right, I've got this chap. Yeah, really good, nice guy, literally two minutes away from us. And it, that was at a time I was desperately trying to rebuild our healing team here. And the stock answer is, yeah, he's got to do the two years. He's got to pass the exams before we will entertain it. Uh, I won't go into the crudities of this, but I told this healing organization exactly what his response would be. And when I put it to him, I got exactly the response I thought I was going to get. And I get it. I understand that. So, you know, we, we've got to start, number one, we've really got to start recognising uh, our healing mediums, all right? Because they're, they're, they're always, I don't mean this rudely, there is a tendency where they can become a, a bit of the supporting act to the service. And that's wrong because that service, every facet, every part of that service is a component of the whole. Every single part of it. And without one, without one of those parts, that's not a whole service. So number one, you know, yeah, hats off. We've got to start talking about our healing mediums and recognising. You know, we do tend to... Um, revere the evidential mediums we all know the names if i was say i'm going to have so and so and so and so here people go oh my goodness they're going to have him there oh my goodness she's working there must go down and see them but do you know what our healing mediums are absolutely amazing they really really are and they tend to get, you know, there's this whole system, and I'm, I'm just talking about it because it's there. It's there very much in my energy, very much in my consciousness at the moment. And when it's like that, that's certainly, to me, a sign that upstairs is going, you need to take note of this. You need to start thinking about this. You need to start engaging people about this. Because, you know, the way the set up is at the moment um <clears throat> i would assume that most training sessions were curtailed due to the pandemic and i will put my neck out and please feel free to chop it off if i'm wrong uh that many people would have to go back to square one on their healing mediumship training if as and when that restarts so we are looking at a potential here of two years without new medium, healing mediums coming into our movement, but two years of our current healing mediums leaving our movement. And that's something we really need to be aware of. And we really need to start um, acknowledging healing. A wonderful Jack there made a great comment. 
healing, the purest aspect of mediumship. And Jack, I agree with you 100%. As an evidential medium, I get that instant um, acknowledgement or validation of my mediumship. I've got your mother here. Give a description. Do you understand this? Yes, I do. Right. That's my part of my mediumship. It's been validated. I've given it off. I've got the response back saying I have interpreted it correctly and how I've said it is understood and accepted by the recipient. Healers, bless her hearts, will give healing, give healing, give healing. Very often, not a lot of feedback. You know, oh, thank you, that was lovely. That's it. Uh, no sort of like, oh, do you know what? When I sat down, I had a bad knee. Now I can stand up, I feel like I can run a, like a thousand miles or whatever. And it, they just tirelessly keep working in that way. They don't need that value. It's lovely when you get it. it is, I've heard people give feedback to uh, healing mediums saying, do you know what? You were on my knee the other day and, and since then it hasn't hurt it hasn't hurt a bit that's great that is lovely when you get that but that's not always the case uh so often healing mediums will be there quietly going around doing their calling their duty their soul expression whatever you want to call it and just keep giving and keep giving and without the expectancy or the um, exchange of acknowledgement. And quite often too, and again, um, this is from practical experience, we engage a evidential medium to come in and take our service. What tends to happen sometimes with our healing mediums is, oh, no, you've got to come in next Sunday. Uh, you must come in Sunday because old so-and-so is yeah, they can't be left on their own, so you've got to do it. So you're getting this huge guilt trip laid on you quite a lot, and probably very innocently, but it is a guilt trip. I've been on the receiving end of that as a healer. No, 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 you've got to be here. Or you've only done one in the last five weeks. You need to do more. I'm not phoning mediums up at home and saying, here, love, you haven't worked on the platform in the last five weeks. Get your finger out. Get up there. <laughs> So, yeah, thoughts, thoughts, people, questions. Libby, Libby Bellhouse, pop this up. Been thinking about this. As far as I'm aware, and please correct me if I'm wrong, most other training can be delivered through various educational establishments, but overseen by one governing body, so that wherever you gain that qualification, it would be accepted. I have not come across that, Libby. I have dealt with one, two, three, four. In this area, as I'm talking in the southwest, or oh, five, in the southwest, five bodies, um, and they all do not accept other people's um, qualifications. They do not accept. Um, that you've learnt your craft, you've passed out in your craft under somebody else. And the insistence is that uh, you start from scratch every time. And in fact, one body, um, if you 
become a full-time healer and you let your membership for that body lapse by one year, you're actually required to go back and start your two years all over again from scratch. Yeah, it's, it's just so unbalanced. It really is. The chances are of a nationally recognized um, standard is pretty slim. Let's be honest. It is going to be pretty slim. Um, primarily because all these different bodies have to put a lot of work in and come to a concurrent agreement about what that standard should be. And also, there's going to be very little return from that act. In fact, it will probably cut down on their income because where people are starting up their training all over again, uh, there are fees due and paid for that. But if somebody can walk in then with a certificate from a, another body and circumvent all that training, you're actually going to be losing money. So it's, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. But the um, I feel the energy has got to start coming from the churches and centres and going back to these bodies and whoever you are affiliated to. As far as I get it with affiliations, you are paying, it's a bit like a Best Western Hotel. You're paying a subscription to become part of Best Western so that your advertising is done on a group level, um, your buying power is done on a group level and things like that. So you're actually in this business partnership with people when we have an affiliation to whatever body. So that body is receiving a fee. Now, one of the issues I had here very early on um, was the body of the time when I was asking questions because it was all new and I had a million and one things to do and I needed things getting done. I didn't want stuff hanging about. And I had a million and one ways of being told, no, I can't do this. And I didn't have any way of saying, well, actually, what you could do now, if I'm paying an affiliation to somebody, I actually expect, uh, number one, an ease of communication or a standard of communication. So, yeah, you can send your emails in. All emails will be answered within 14 working days or 10 working days or something like that. And I also expect out of that affiliation, that business relationship, that we would be working together to resolve things that come up. So I do feel uh, that some of this energy really has got to be looked at by our churches and centres and the groups that they are affiliated to and going back to them and just saying, right, the way we're going, we're going to end up with no healers. So we need to actually start trying to change things. Now then, how are we going to do it? And be met by a receptive energy of going yeah actually i agree i do agree we do need to change things so yes libby that would that would be the ideal thing if i could come um to your church and show my card from my affiliated body as a healer and that would be, apart from taking the details uh, of the person, because obviously you need to keep certain records in place, 
but that would be enough to allow me to start working because I've just moved seven miles. So it's going to be easier for me to go and work in your church as a healer as it is coming back here to work as a healer. So here's my car. Oh, great. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, we meet on, you know, our healing circle is XYZ night. Um, we offer healing on ABC. We just need to take your details uh, to get you registered here. Uh more a formality but obviously a very legal one and very needed we need proper contact details that are verifiable etc but within two weeks you're going to be out there healing because you are a healer now i i think i think i don't want to say what uh, the spirit world think but i will <laughs> I, I think the spirit world has set up there a wee bit frustrated that we probably lost or dissuaded a lot of potentially really good healers. And I mean people from all different walks of life, different age groups, different sexes. Because of this rigidity because of this, uh, to me, is is a one-way street. You know, we live in a new world. We live in a newer world now, but even before this time, we live in a world where, you know, we have got one-parent families, we have got people who need to work or got two jobs or work shifts or, you know, nurses here, there, everywhere on their shifts. And a lot of these people were disbarred from sitting with our healing groups because attendance was so mandatory and so strict um, that there was no flexibility there. You know, you, you could have a, a nurse who, on their rotor, every six weeks works two weeks and nights. So, and then one week off, which is very valuable time to them. So on a six-week rotor, they're available for three weeks. And a lot of places would reject applications on the basis that, no, no, you've got to be here every week. Uh, we, we really, as I said, I'm not having an attack. I'm not tearing anything down. But I just think we need to really look at where we're coming from uh, regarding the treatment of our healers and looking at what we're expecting them to go through. And looking at that with a really open mind and an open heart and going, actually, the ultimate question, is that fair? Is that fair? Is that fair for me to say to nurse so-and-so, she can't become a healer here because she's going to not attend every healing training course or training part of the course or whatever, module, whatever part, although that could be made up at another time. You know, are, are we actually overburdening our healers and giving them this huge raft of uh, things they must comply with to then come in and be used? Very interesting. Feel sure. Evidential mediums aren't even expected to be a member of a recognised body or to hold certification endorsing their training. 
Providing evidential mediumship is a very responsible undertaking that can have a positive or negative effect on the recipient of messages, spiritual guidance. In my opinion, just as important to use trained and preferably qualified mediums as it is with healing mediums. Very good points there, Phil. Um, there is a organization who has a uh, diktat out that you are only to use mediums that are affiliated to that body. I serve some of these churches uh, on occasion. And at one time, I was having that body's um, aspect on one other aspect of things, sort of like given to me chapter and verse. And I said, I fully understand that. I get that. So you need to counsel all your future bookings that you have for me. No. Well, why? And I said, because I'm not a member of the body that you belong to. And your body says that you should only use mediums, evidential mediums, that belong to your body. Oh, well, if we did that, we'd never have a medium. You know, there's a bit of cherry picking goes on here at times as well, guys and girls. Uh, and that, that really irritates me. But yes, yes. Um, Again, and then training qualified mediums. Uh, this is interesting because there's something else that's been coming out um, in the last few weeks about people using certain terminology when they present themselves, which gives the illusion of a educational degree when actually there is no educational degree attached to these people. Um, I had it with a very good friend and there was a course which had the word hypnotherapy within it. But when I actually looked into the background of the people taking this course, there wasn't one recognized, there wasn't one certificate saying that they, these people were hypnotherapists, you know, so, and as time goes on and as money gets tighter, as a movement, we've got to start um, being a bit more astute to these things and understanding it. Um, and qualifications, you know, we, we do see people who advertise freely that they're trained here, trained there, trained there, trained there. It's absolutely wonderful. Does that actually make you a good medium, the fact that you've been somewhere? I'll leave that one open. <laughs> you know the uh, the worth and the um, the worth of a medium is when you see them work and you know that they are working for the high and the highest and the best. And sometimes you can have there's a couple of organisations I've seen that are having a cut price sale on their courses. So I can go out and get these half price courses and come out as being a certified this, that, and everything else. And I probably haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I paid me money, I got me a bit of paper. So yeah, yeah, but I do like uh, the, the energy there, Phil, the first part. Evidential mediums aren't even expected to be a member of a recognized body or to hold certification endorsing their training. Very true. Yet our healers have to. They have to pass exams on physiology and think, you know, you're talking medical grade exams here uh, to people that 
in a lot of instances, we are not treating as professionals and we're not revering their mediumship. Thank you, Phil. Who else? Who else? Who else? Do, do, do. Hello, hello, hello. There we go. Good, good simile there, Phil. Thank you. If I trained as an actor at Radar, I would expect to be denied professional work because I went to Lambda. I don't understand the uh, wordings there. It's crazy. But, yeah, it, it is. As I said, we're not having a, a dig at anybody or any organization or anything. It's just to get us talking about it and just to get us looking at what we're doing and just being aware that we are really, really, really on a precarious time because because of these rules and regulations we're looking at where are we 2024 we can start seeing new healing mediums start hitting our churches and centers it was a bloody long way away <laughs> lovely libby it's not just about healing this is more about example o levels yes i am old enough to remember them so am i libby a-levels, etc., and other professional qualifications. Not quite sure where we're going with that one, Libby. Um, we, we do... This insistence of all this training uh, happening before you become a fully accredited healer, because the other side of that as well is and again please correct me if i'm wrong everybody um we want to cram in with our healers all this training in the two years before we call them a qualified healer and then what do we do for them you know we'll have circle healing circle and do very little else you know, we've been having healing workshops here at uh, Paul Church, and the criteria to come to them is you are engaged in whatever discipline of healing, but you are actively engaged in it to further and to add on things to the healing medium's mediumship. So is there that opportunity there to say, okay, well, let's look at everything we're trying to cram in into that two years and the barriers that that will then put up because if in that two years you haven't got your hundred ticks in the box you haven't done your exam you haven't passed your physiology exam you haven't passed your skeletal exam you're not going to make it as a, a healer can we not say well actually you know if we say in the first year we're going to teach you or the first six months we're going to teach you the basics we're going to teach you you know the ethical code where you put your hands where you do not put your hands where you do not put yourself in any potential risk situation e.g going to somebody's home me as a male going into a lady's home is something i would not do without another person there and it is just keeps everybody safe um so in that six-month period, for example, could we not start looking at saying, right, well, we're going to get we're going to get hold of the 
the ethical side here, and let's be honest, also the insurance side, what the insurance covers and works against, will be deemed by the Code of Conduct and Code of Ethics. So the Code of Conduct and Code of Ethics, if you follow them to the letter, it's risk management. You are taking out the risks areas of where you could injure, offend, or whatever somebody which could result in a litigious um, dispute going on. So could we not start saying in the six months, right, we're going we're to really work on that and linking in with spirit and getting the basics in there and then as time goes on number one i am i will argue all night long with anybody at all who disagrees with every time you work as an evidential medium every time you work as a healing medium you are learning your craft you never come down going oh well, it's, you know that's money for old rope every single time you're learning 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 you're strengthening your link, you're building your bond up, you're working on that personal level. Then we could start saying, right, well, after the six months then, then we will run modules and we will work with different aspects of healing, perhaps, or different modalities. And instead of just going, okay, spirit, come and use me, saying, right, come on, I'm engaging with intelligence here. So, all right, spirit, I would like somebody who is, um oh my animal healing i was asked for a vet to come in to me it's perfectly logical if i'm giving healing to an animal i will put the call out on spirit side and say i want a vet come and work with me but we could then start looking at um as i say not cramming everything in to that mandatory two-year period because that is the time when we will lose people. You know, I've heard people say this. Oh, yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of people start, but, you know, not that many make it. And it's, it's a bit like a badge of courage, you know. And I don't think that really has a place in our movement, quite frankly. If you're running a course that lasts two years and you've got a 60% dropout rate, that doesn't say a lot for your course. It's not the people... It's what you're expecting of them. And we're really quick to do that, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot drop out. You know, they can't go the pace. Well, excuse me, not a bloody marathon. <laughs> you know, we're not teaching them to do the hurdles and then the high jump. We're actually trying to get people to unfold that gift. We're trying to get people to strengthen that bond with spirit, to bring forward that healing aspect of their character, their souls agreement their soul's path on this earth to become a healer or have the opportunity to become a healer and that's being denied it because oh they can't go the pace you know the fact that paul bugger might be working you know 90 hours a week and occasionally just gets over and think i can't do this tonight. i really can't i am so tired but they can't stand the pace <laughs> scary one that Absolutely. Uh, where are we? Denise, lovely Denise. Is this strictness due to certain bodies wanting the credit for the training and a way of looking, locking in that healer for a guaranteed two years? Interesting. 
interesting thought, Denise. I think the strictness, again, to business term has become CMP, customer custom practice. People aren't thinking about it. Uh, you will have, you, in essence, you haven't got a healer for two years because they are not a fully fledged healer until the end of the two years. Uh, you've got, you know, come on, you've got a source of income for two years. And again, I'm not being nasty. I'm not being rude. Everything is a business. Everything comes down to the uh, coin of the realm. So you've got an income there for two years. And you are you're just cramming stuff in there. And it's a very one-sided gate. I, I, I really feel we've got to seriously, seriously look at not only the way we're training the healers, but looking after our healing mediums. Because remember a few weeks ago, we had a lovely Mark Stone on and really engaging conversation. And during that conversation, it came out and it was led a lot by me, I agree, but Mark was in full agreement also, that we need to look after our mediums. Now, whether that be healing mediums or evidential mediums, we really need to start looking after them and giving them that space and that ability to do some self-work and self-preservation with things, because otherwise it just becomes day in, day out and working this. But the, the strictness, Denise, is, as far as I can see it, and again, this is a conversation, so anybody who has different thoughts, put it in there. The strictness comes in because there's an awful lot to learn in those two years. They, there will be the energy of, oh, they've got to show dedication. Well, again, you know, people can be dedicated, but they may only be dedicated one week of the month because of their work or because they're looking after an aged relative or a disabled child or whatever. So this thing about got to show your dedication... People can be dedicated, but not to a time scale set by man. Uh, number two is they're given an awful lot of information to go through. And there is an awful lot of time sat in circles, sat in the power, sat in the silence, and building those links. Often without much um, guidance on how to unfold because the guidance has been a bit stifled as well by the rules and regs of you don't do this, you don't do this, you don't do... Well, do you know what? If I said to my spirit team, well, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, I'm not doing that, guess what? They would make me do it, the little monkeys. <laughs> and the next time I got on platform, I don't know having to do it. Um, and it. It becomes a very constrained way of learning. Oh, you mustn't do that. Oh, no, no, you mustn't do that. You know, the, one of the worst things you can say in training is, oh, no, you mustn't do that. You know, so, well, why are you doing it that way? Try and understand and try and guide. You guide and educate. You don't uh, curtail and hem in people in training because the natural thing is you're going to rebel. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's quite a few factors there, Denise, this strictness. Uh, and obviously one of the big things is um re-insurance needs 
uh, meeting the criteria, but these are covered within your uh, code of conduct and your code of ethics. But yeah, it's just, just the thing that I'm putting out there for people to think about. I know you, all you lovely people, you will go out and you will talk about this over the next few months and you will raise these questions yourselves. And that's great because these questions need to be raised. Uh, and just asked. Lovely Julie, this is outrageous. Not being a healing medium myself, I was not aware of this. I do remember my dad stopping healing for a while years ago, and they wanted to do a course after doing healing for years. Very true, Julie. Very true. You know, it, it's um, strange. It's very strange. We've got these beautiful people. Uh, we've at Paul, we brought the healing back into the church. We used to do it in the healing room, which is adjacent to the church. But as we reopened after this time, I was just very much inspired to bring healing back into the church. And the healers were absolutely wonderfully. People are in there chattering away. No issue. There's none of this. Do not make a noise because you will shatter the veil. You know, look at nonsense, isn't it? Um, you can't have a loud noise, obviously. If a healer's working, going up behind him with a cymbal or a bass drum is probably not a good idea. But the chatter and people, it's just building that energy, building that energy, building that energy. And it's part and parcel of our service. You know, people come here early because they're up, you know, they want that healing. Our healing services are really well attended. I'm really pleased the way they've taken off. Um, our healing team here at Paul is growing. Uh, in fact, I've had to curtail new entries for a while to give the ones existing time to settle in and bed in. Um, so it shows it can and I'm, I'm not blowing my trumpet here by, by any means. People out there watching tonight that know me, I don't, I don't brag. I don't boast about things. Um but it can be done. And we're doing it within the regards of our code of conduct, our code of ethics. We are compliant with our insurance company's needs. And it's working. But as I said, I'm seeing outside and I'm hearing outside because I do talk to people all around the place, uh, mostly online, as we all do nowadays. And I am hearing here and there people saying, we didn't do healing the other week. We didn't have enough healers. Or oh, we're not doing healing this week because we've got nobody in. You know, so this is already biting. But as I say, this is a really good opportunity for these, the people ha uh, running these organisations to engage with these conversations and going, well, do we actually have, why do we have to have this two-year thing? What are we achieving? And what is the dropout rate? You know, if you have 10 people and you've got 60% dropout rate, so in two years you've trained four people, so that's one person every six months. <sighs> Joanna Lewis, at the church I used to do healing and at the client would write their experience in a book. I do healing because I love what I do. And with Jesus as inspiration, the passion to continue is astronomical. It would be good if they can accept your certificate as proof. Lovely. I do like that. Yeah, I like that healing book. I, I think that's um, actually that is a really wonderful thing to do. Not only does it give 
new people coming into your church some sort of reassurance but it's also very good i would think as a support for the healers you know because they the all right i've got two healers are going to be here tomorrow morning uh and but they don't come in during the week because they work which is actually great but the people they may see tomorrow will probably be in wednesday but they're not going to see them to say Do you know what that was great thank you ever so much but they may say in general but that gets lost in the ether so a little he healing comments book i like that i like that that's nice thank you joanna and yet wonderful that you talk about jesus you know we have lost some of the links to uh the religious side of what we do you know all things come from the divine that is my immutable law no matter what shape form um following it comes in under guys it comes in under it's all a reflection of the divine and when we acknowledge that within our work i think we're doing the right thing when we sometimes get a little bit led off the track by ending up worshipping something, another discipline, but we're worshipping that as the be-all and end-all without acknowledging that divine thread that is another expression of the divine. I think this is where we get a little bit clouded. But thank you, Joanne. That was an absolutely lovely comment there. Um, and yet it would be good uh, to have this recognition um, I mean, you, this could this could be done if there's not a set measure. If ah, again, Julie, call you out again. Thank you. You're my little guinea pig tonight, darling. <laughs> so Julie has moved down from London to Paul. God, please don't, Julie. Um, <laughs> Julie has moved down to. Paul from London and she's done a two years training in a church in London or a centre in London. Uh, she's got her credentials from there. Um, but she's had the good sense or I have suggested, well, you know, where you used to do your healing, could I talk to the healing leader there or the church president or whatever there for that personal recommendation? Because if I had a uh, a church, a healing leader or a church president say, yeah, Julie's great. Yeah, you know, she can be, she can be a bit bad at times, a bit naughty, but <laughs> joking, Julie. Um, but she's an exceptional healer and she's very dedicated. She never lets you down. Well, do you know, what more do I want? What more do I want than that? You have the certification to prove that you've done two years training under somebody's auspices don't care who you've done your two years training under the fact you've done those two years is a huge rosette in your corner and then you've had that personal recommendation or personal reference you know again bring it back to the job market you go out you apply for a job what's one of the first things they do check your references but we can't do that with healing why? <laughs> There's lots to think about here tonight, people. <laughs> really is, really is, really is. Lee Chu, my darling. I hope you're better now. I hear you're a little bit under the weather. 
There we go. I am a registered healer for the last 20 years, run a drop-in healing centre, but not able to do healing in her local church because she is not trained by the body that runs that church. Again, you know, it's... Why are we doing this to our healing mediums? Why are we doing it? And do you know what? We're going to be the first ones... When we haven't got healers, we're going to be the first ones to be jumping up and down. But actually, <laughs> the answer lays with us to start going back to these bodies, whoever you are affiliated to, and say, it's not good enough. We are in a new world. We have got to change. We have got to change because it... If you don't change, if you don't evolve, you will go the other way. And that, that's a really hard, hard fact. But unfortunately, it's a truism. If you do not grow... Sue, lovely Sue Townsend. If healers have been trained by a particular organisation, have insurance through that organisation... Would it be possible for the church to contribute towards the cost of the insurance? So no looking at group affiliation. Sadly, individual insurance, often ex expensive. My renewal for this year will be £60. Really good point, Sue. Really good point. Yes. Uh, any one of us can go out and probably Balin's is the most recognised um, insurer of people for spiritual healing um and yes it is bloody expensive if you take out your own healing insurance just do spiritual healing it is 60 quid as sue has said there i know it is in that area so yeah there is two opportunities there the churches themselves can actually contribute towards the healer's cost of insurance and why not Every time you have a service, you are paying an evidential medium money to perform their duty. But you expect your healing mediums to put the hand in their pocket to pay out their own money to perform the duties for you and your church and centre. Have a think about that. We have... Um, here and again i'm not bragging i am not boasting but is there's ways you know if you put your mind to these things there are ways we have a insurance policy which covers a set number of healers but not named healers so out of a pool of 25 healers i can have a certain amount healing at one time Tomorrow, I could have the rest of them healing at one time, as long as I don't exceed the policy number of people insured. And it works out to £22 a head for a year. And the church pays for that because you are providing a service to the church. People come here. The healing hours, the healing evenings are very well attended. That is a church function. The church is quite happy to put the plate out and get the donations in. So actually, the Churchill Centre should be equally as happy to put their hand in their pocket and contribute towards the overheads of their healing mediums. Yeah, well, I'm going to be excommunicated tomorrow. 
I'm gonna it's gonna be I'm gonna get woken up at one o'clock in the morning by a crowd of angry spiritualists outside my front door. But these are things, you know, we need to actually just talk about it. And if you want to dismiss it and poo-poo it, absolutely fine. Absolutely. It makes no odds to me. It really doesn't. Uh, and again, this is not an attack on anybody or any institution or any church or any centre. It is not a not a not that. But it is a bit of an impassioned plea that we need to really look at how we are going to grow our healing teams at a time when healing is so, so needed. We have never seen the call for our healers put upon at this degree. In I've not seen it in my lifetime. A few of the stalwarts have said it was like this after the war. Uh, and I quite believe that. But there are so many people of so many age groups. And, so, you know, men and women, we've, we've seen a lot of men coming in to receive healing, as we are seeing a lot of men stepping forward to become healing mediums. You know, this time knows no barriers. You know, we have got to be able to meet those demands coming through our doors. Sue so Townsend again, we are not training as medical professionals. Healing is subtle energies. We are not offering any diagnosis. We learn the code of conduct, an energy center, and auric fields, etc. Who are the organizations trying to impede by imposing anatomy and physiology when we are working with spirit and energy? Good question, Sue. Why, why are we learning that? We could learn that ourselves. We could say, right, we've got recommended reading for you. If you are interested in anatomy and physiology, here's our library. Here's the titles that you will find beneficial. If you've got any questions or want further information on, we can offer that. But why do we have to teach it to everybody that comes in who may not have any? As I said, I've never had spirits saying you've got to work on this coccyx. As simple as that. And it's a good job too, because I wouldn't know where it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, we've got this opportunity to ask questions. And that's what we should be doing now, just asking questions. But in that energy of debate, you know, not as an attack and certainly not to be met on the defensive. It's just, why are we doing it that way? All oh, right, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Lily. Comment to expansion on comment one. Also, when I undertook oh, right. <laughs> also when I undertook training for complementary therapy, I had classroom-based theory and practice sessions, then went away and found case study clients. Why could we not do that for spiritual healing? Why I'll put that another way, Libby. Why aren't we doing that for spiritual healing? That's a much nicer way of looking at it. You know, why aren't we doing that? Why, you know, as you know, um, through the works down here, our approach to healing has been very progressive with, uh, you were here today and experienced different modalities of healing to take away and look at and work upon, you know, if you choose to work upon that, great. If you, that bit didn't appeal to you, that's absolutely fine. 
it's all about expanding that knowledge, that understanding of uh, healing and your own healing and your own development. So, yeah, case study clients, there's no reason why that can't happen. There'll be a queue of people who would sign up for those things. And again, why could we not do that? Actually, the question is, why do we not do that? Yeah, healing is... Healing mediums are exactly the same as any other mediums. You are on a constant path of progression. Your healing training shouldn't just grind to a halt after you've gone through the arduous two years and then you're out there giving healing on demand whenever. We should be really looking at, right, getting in on the basics. Where do we look at the basics? So going back to perhaps this is just a thought. Our code of conduct, code of ethics. Yeah. The potential there for healing. Uh, I've been approached by some people who say, I want to become a healer. And I'm like, actually, I think there's a bit more of a need for you to receive healing for some time before you look at maybe going into that. Um, so it's a suitability. Are you a healer? We're all healers of different persuasions. We may not be the one of standing there um, channeling spiritual healing. Maybe a healer through the ability to talk. Maybe a, a healer for the ability to uh, be in a caring profession where you are very active and very physical in your job and helping people. That is healing, you know. But when we bring it back to spiritual healing, uh, number one, you know. Is, is, is this person suitable? Are they Have they got the right qualities? And also, how do we deepen the right qualities? That's going to vary from church to church as well. Mm, that's something to think about. That's something for me to think about. But I like that, Libby. I do like that. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, classroom-based theories. You know, why... why do we not do that with our, instead of coming in for a circle every other week or whenever, why are we not saying to our healing teams, okay, Saturday afternoon, uh, it's going to run for the next two Saturdays, so try and make one of them, please. Um, and we're going to go through some theoretical work, some writing, written work on our approach to healing and open general discussion. Um, Libby, you were here last week when, due to the workshop being cancelled, Spirit engineered that we ended up with four people who did turn up, were all healers, and we had a great time talking about healing and learning from each other. So there's huge mileage in that, you know. So um, this thing about training our healers is an ongoing thing. It doesn't end at the end of the two years. So to me, I would like to see a continual pathway going basically from day one uh, of expansion and understanding. So Colin, Colin Moorhill, I think it falls into the aspect if you don't pay for it, it's not valued. They volunteer their time and love. It is a central premise of spiritualism, religion. You don't have to be rebaptized each gap in your religious practice. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Uh, if you don't pay for it, it's not value. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Sorry. Um, yes. Yeah. But again, the 
um, the handling and the acknowledgement of our healing mediums is probably something we all need to look at, anybody running a church or a centre, and just sort of like being able to step out of his side of yourself for five minutes and just think, you know what, am I really acknowledging these people? Uh, or am I just doing it out more out of practice or more out of... Um, What's the word where you do something repetition, not repetition, but just out of habit. Oh, thank you, everybody. Oh, thank you, everybody. Oh, thank you, every you know, and not just going in there and say, Do you know what? I'll just talk to so and so. And she said, The healing off of you was awesome. You know, oh, that's great. Well done. You're actually engaging with our healing teams. <laughs> Good question, Colin. How did the original healers get certified? Answers on a postcard. <laughs> very good, very good. Marion, my darling, how are you? When working at a local hospice, end of life, a friend and myself would go in to give healing, being approved by the hospice. How beautiful is that? How absolutely lovely is that? And this is very true. End-of-life care hospices are really on the ball with uh, modern thinking. I oh, you, Please, please be kind to me when I tell you this. <laughs> when my father was in um, a hospice, he had a dog. And... Because, you know, I'm, I'm all right, I'm not in my right mind for one, so I'm not in my right mind anyway, but I'm not in my right mind at that time properly. And I just equated hospice to hospital and hospitals you don't take dogs in. And I thought, well, I'll be buggered if my dad's going to die without saying goodbye to his dog. So I smuggled the dog in, in a great big sports bag. Don't, don't shout at me. <laughs> I smuggled the dog in. So when I got into his room, I, I let the dog out of the bag. Uh, <laughs> not the cat out of the bag, the dog out of the bag. And Chester blessed him, got up on the bed, and he picked the Chester knew what was going on. And, oh, it was beautiful. Well, then the bloody nurse walked in. Well, I nearly died. I thought, oh, my God, that's it. I'm going to be arrested. And she went, how did that dog get in here? And I went, I smuggled him in the bag. He had to say goodbye to his daddy. She said, well, why on earth did you bring him in the bag? You could have just walked him in. We, you know, we love pets coming in. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> that just shows. That's such a true story. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it just shows, you know, these hospices uh, are really on the ball with things. And doctors are really on the ball with things we had a lovely gentleman here from the local cancer center um investigating spiritual healing and you know experiencing it for himself to understand it for himself and engaging conversation about it with others so yeah that is so nice marion that really is beautiful well done well done very true, Colin. The chaps are part of the healing practice. That is very true. Um, you know, when you're talking with whoever you're going to give healing to before or after, that is 
to me, in my in my thinking, there's probably a lot more healing in that time um, than when you're actually stood there doing the job. Caroline Gosling, hello, darling. As a healing medium, I can say that my spirit team has sometimes become frustrated when a teacher has insisted that the healing is done in a very formulaic way. My guides and I am sure other people's healing guides would perhaps like to train us directly themselves. This view may upset some people. Caroline, no, it does not upset any sober-minded person hearing or reading that. Because, again, that is um, a bit of a contentious thing with certain, with organizations, uh, as we talked about earlier, saying you mustn't do this, you mustn't do that, you mustn't do this. As I say, you have the obvious things actually you mustn't do. You know, I must not go up to a lady and just start putting my hands on her and go, you all right, love? All right, I'm going to give you healing. I must not do that. But how I deliver my healing, once I've followed the ethics, once I've said good evening, are you all right if I put my hands upon you? Have you had healing before? You may experience this, you may experience that, but the thing is to let it happen. Once I've gone through the things that I must do as a physical person interacting with a physical person, then I hand over to my guides and my healers. I will engage. If I am aware of a condition, I will ask for a specialist in that condition to come in. Uh, I will try and turn up the energy when I'm halfway through and go, come on, let's ramp this up a bit. Um, I have actually, I've only done it once, but it was great. I actually stepped to one side of myself and watched me working. That was fascinating. And so interesting. But yeah, you know, every time you work as a healer, you learn. It's an experience. It's another added um, gamut to your toolkit. And we should never be afraid to try things. Um, but this, this thing about, you know, you mustn't, you mustn't do it. And also, yeah, I get it about the very formulaic way as well, because I've found when I'm having to work to somebody else's formula, I have to think actively uh, about what I'm doing. And to me, if I'm thinking actively, then I'm actually not engaging the best that I could be, that I could be with spirit if I were to allow myself to go. So, yeah, thank you, Caroline. Delise, healing is more needed now than ever before, not for only physical healing, but mental and spiritual healing. Legalities like this could potentially cause more harm than good. Very true. Uh, first part, let's break that down into two. Yes, the call for healing has never, I have never seen it this great. Um, in all walks of life. Uh, in all religions, we're not just talking spiritualism here, we're talking all the orthodoxies, in all ways of life, in all walks of life, there's so much need, there really is so much need, and each and every one of us are being called to arms, we really are, we're being called to duty, to work. Uh, and legalities, yes, there is always that potential there. Sometimes the legalities can cause more harm than good. 
Um, but that is a energy from the greater life that we live in, whatever aspect of our life, the legality side about um, certain things, certain practices that you must do and must adhere to end up causing more grief than actually if you've just gone, well, you're over 21. If you can't see, there's a step there and really, you know, what are you doing now? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Julie Caswell, uh, yeah, you can pack your bag, love, uh, but you don't, you know I've got a spare room, but you don't know the address. Aha. Uh, Risha here, just saying about Lee Chu. Brilliant healer. Lee Chu brought up that point earlier on, saying that uh, she is a certified healer and she runs a healing drop-in centre that is disbarred from healing in one of the local churches because they're not a member of their healing discipline. And Libby is using block capitals here. So there we go. We've got a bit of passion coming out there. And the only reason it takes two years is because of this regulation. <laughs> Thank you for not doing <laughs> an Elaine. Uh, of having to do 100 observed sessions. That really is... Um, I, I, I don't know how to handle that. <laughs> I seriously don't. If somebody said to me, you are going to have to do 100 observed sessions to then go on to your exams. You know, well, that conversation wouldn't go through to its conclusion because I would stop it. <laughs> and how off-putting is that? So a hundred times you've got to have somebody sit there and watch you do it. A hundred. Why a hundred? Again, this word why, we don't use it enough. Why a hundred? <laughs> seriously why not 10 <laughs> anyway 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 uh, do, do, do. oh there we go sorry about that you get an awful lot of people now jumping in you make profit out of these talks so apologies for that Lovely Jack, brother from a different mother. <laughs> there is obvious reasons why some organizations are bleeding members. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's very true. You know, we're seeing a great deal of movement in our whole world. But tonight we're talking about our spiritual world. And there is vast amounts of movement, both sides of the veil going on at this time and it's bloody hard to keep up with at times but there is so much movement and yeah where people are leaving certain bodies um then of course they're suddenly their healing becomes null and void and they can't take that on anywhere so they've done their hundred observances and they've done their two years but they're being met by closed doors uh and how wrong is that i'm sorry i just really, i'm really trying to not be contentious um because i don't want that energy in and I, I don't want to portray it and i won't have it coming in at me but yeah we're just slamming the doors on what otherwise could be absolutely beautiful assets 
Yes. My healing team here is a magnificent asset to Paul Church. And I love and I'm so proud of each and every one, no matter what stage of their development they're on, it doesn't matter. You know, they give of themselves, their heart, and they're just beautiful, beautiful people who work for the highest and the best to dispense healing wherever there is a need. And if I was affiliated to an organization or a body, actually, instead of 25 healers here, I would have two. Honest. If I was still affiliated to a body that we were, I would only have two qualified healers. Let that sink in. I've now got 25 of various stages of development who don't attend every evening, development evening, because they work or they have family that's in hospital or something going on in their lives. I'm not saying they're sat at home watching Corrie, they're actually doing, they're actually living a life. And they all know that if they can't make it, they're so good at letting me know, but I, the response is always the same. That's absolutely fine. That's absolutely fine. You're on your pathway. You know, when you come, it's wonderful. And if you can't come because you're working, I have a problem with that, and I'm pretty sure the spirit world doesn't have a problem with that either. So, yeah, very good. Very good, event. Oh, there we go, another one. Oh, they're getting very naughty, these people. Serena, my darling, how are you? I have been working with my healing mediumship for 11 years. Here in Germany, unfortunately, there are no organizations or churches where mediums are supported. There are various trainings, but no exams, and therefore no public acceptance in the health system. I would very much like to see that in the future, I was only trained through the spirit world and through working with people over all these years. Mediumship changes all by itself after all this time. It is wonderful and my great love. Well, that is beautiful, Serena. Absolutely beautiful. And a gentleman I know in Germany also works as a healer. And I was quite surprised that <clears throat> um, he was talking about an event that he went to where other healing mediums and evidential mediums gathered uh, to give a small private demonstration of their abilities. And it was all hush-hush. It was all undercover. I, I was fascinated by that. In this day and age, it was like, oh, no, God, no, don't advertise it. You know, they, they've got this beautiful place, very quite isolated. Um, and it was all, you know, by word of mouth. I, I just found that wow. Absolutely wow. But yeah, Serena, that is lovely. And 11 years working as a healer. Bless your heart, darling. And especially, 
you know, that, that really is dedication, isn't it? Come on. Uh, I'm not blowing smoke here, everybody, but, you know, you've, this lovely lady has worked 11 years developing a healing mediumship in a country where it's not recognised. Uh, how? <laughs> That's great. That is absolutely brilliant. That is brilliant. And no organisations or churches where mediums are supported. Now, Serena, my darling, uh, forgive my ignorance, is that because spiritualism isn't a recognised religion in Germany? I believe that's probably the cause. Um, and again, everybody watching, a lot of you do know this now, uh, but you may not be aware that many countries do not recognize spiritualism as a religion. Therefore, if you are not recognized as a religion, guess what? You can't have a church. You might be able to have a center, but you can't have a church because you are not a recognized religion. And I know that's something that's becoming more and more uh, worked upon. Lovely Jack, who is in the room tonight, is spearheading to get uh, spirit spiritualism recognize in Denmark as a religion and that will open up the doors then to actually having a spiritualist church whereas in the UK we are horribly spoiled um you know from here within seven miles of where I'm sat tonight uh talking to you there are one two three four five other churches and if I were to expand that radius out to about 25 miles, I'd be going up to nine other churches. So, uh, yeah, and then you're talking about a whole country that doesn't have one church. But, yeah, that's brilliant, Serena, and so true. Uh, mediumship changes all by itself. I love that. I love that. That's a beautiful saying. Thank you. And I'm going to plagiarise that. I apologise not. <laughs> mediumship does change, Bob. You know, every time we work with whatever form of mediumship, it unfolds. Sometimes it closes up, it seems to be, but there's always a reason, because when it comes back, it gets bigger again. But how beautiful, how beautiful. Thank you, Serena. Fiona, can't get rid of you, love. <laughs> As a UK accredited healer, was classroom based for two years, then 100, hour, 100 hours supervised delivery of healing in the drop-in centre every week, developing experience with various personalities and energies. 100 hours, goodness me. So, well, actually, 100 hours. So, if you're doing what? Uh, I'm going to put my maths head on there. So if you do four hours a day, and that's pushing it. Uh, it's like 20, another 24 days on top of your two years, and they're not going to run concurrently. So if you do one day a week, that's another 24 weeks. 8, 12, 16, 24. So there's another six months on top of your two years to get that 100 hours supervised. My goodness. And Fiona, question for you, my darling. You've got that, which is, wow, that's some marathon task to get all that. 
How would you feel if you moved to an area and you approach your local church to do healing there? And they said, yes, you can, but you've got to do two years training before you can do it. How would you feel about that? Marion, you lovely lady, approved healers by two, approved by a hospice to work with really sick people, own insurance, no charge, then told what days we could go in. The day changed after a while. That day was not okay for my partner. I explained we work in pairs. Their reply was, you're quite capable of working on your own, aren't you, dear? <laughs> I had to step away. Yeah, yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's sad to hear, Marion um yeah I, I can understand and i think it's what professional you get you know because you can get one professional who may take that stance and stood next to him and somebody is going oh, what's the problem <laughs> what's the problem melissa i like this right all healers of paul church Shut your eyes and don't listen to this. I don't want you getting any ideas. <laughs> Originally, healers were sacred, worshipped and taken gifts. People would go to them with much honour. Very true. Yeah, it's very true. But again, any healers registered at Paul Church, ignore that. And especially the bit about taking gifts. All right, you bring gifts. You bring gifts. <laughs> Fiona, Rowcroft Hospice in Torquay do everything they can to accommodate every request for patients and families' well-being. Now, that's, that's very true. That is very true. That's, that is uh, Marion there saying about going into hospices to deliver healing. Is that going into the hospice because you have received the summons to deliver that healing? Yeah. I would imagine, you know, if I would, God forbid, if I ever ended up in uh, uh, a place, a hospice, and wanted a healer to come in and ask somebody, I want a healer to come in and give me healing, I would like to think that that request would be uh, unchallenged and met. Uh, oh, goodness me, we are getting... Yeah, a couple of questions there about trance healing. Thank you for the comments. Trance healing workshops here at Paul have been amazing. Uh, um, Phil Shaw saying, I am all for uh, reintroducing trance healing to spiritualist churches. Why was it ever considered inappropriate? You know what, Phil? I don't know enough of the history of that to really make a um, any sort of comment on it. I can comment in as much as we had a medium here on Wednesday who does his address in trance, and it's an absolute delight. Uh, I have seen, well, in fact, we do have a trance healer once a month, and he is booked solid every time he comes here. I don't see what the issue is. I can understand to a degree um that there is the potential there with somebody who may be 
a wee bit misguided on their trumps being just an expression of themselves put over in a different way. Uh, but again, that's part and parcel of running a church or a centre. You know, if you have somebody there that can do trance healing and they are very adept and very skilled at it, that's absolutely beautiful. If you have somebody who is doing trance healing or performing trance on the platform, which is evidently not, then that's when you have to step up to the mark and take a action. Um, rather than banning it all together, so you're never put in that position, actually, you just have to start chivying up a bit yourself and going, okay, uh, what do I need to know? What do I need to understand? And if I'm in doubt, I'm going to get a second opinion and whatever. But you, you basically do that thing. It's called running your church. Hard work. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, again, we, we are not levelling any organisation in particular, but the two organisations have been given as an example here. So Fiona, if you remember earlier on, said they do two years training and 100 hours of observed healing, but that's not recognized by other branches. Why? Why, why, why? Anyway, oh, goodness me. Uh, that's nice. Yeah, the healing drop-in center was open during the day and evening. That opens up quite a nice thought, that, a healing drop-in centre. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I really like that because, you know, you do see sometimes advertising, you know, healing today is between five and six. <laughs> That's it. And if you come in a minute past six, you, you can't have it. <laughs> if you come in a minute to five, you're going to have to wait outside. <laughs> they don't say that, but it, to me, that that's the sort of like humorous energy I get from some of these posts. Uh, the link today is between five o'clock and quarter past five. <laughs> it's just I just sometimes smile when I see that, but I do like that uh, healing drop-in center. Marion, you lovely lady. Some healing organisations will accept accredited active healers from other organisations. I did this to make sure I covered my own back in case one organization folded. Now, bloody good point, Marion. That is a very good point because we are seeing businesses and especially insurances and things like that going down like nine pins at the moment. Uh, hard work and dedication. <coughs> Excuse me. Hard work and dedication to achieve healing qualification would be sad to lose it. I pay insurance to both, but make it quite clear under which organisation I am working under. Yeah. yeah. Very wise, Marion. Very wise. That That is a, uh, a new facet of what I'm talking about tonight. Um, and that would be quite disastrous. What would happen if Valens went under? because they're probably the one that's used the most by many organisations. What are they going to do then? You know. <laughs> right, everybody's got to retrain for two years. So there'll be no spiritual healing in the UK for the next two years while we retrain our already trained healing mediums to meet the criteria 
of the new insurance company because the old insurance company went bankrupt. Because that's where we are. Thank you, Marion. Lovely point. Lovely point. So, everybody, absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for all the comments. Lovely, Arisha. I made the same decision with the church I was attending. I just concentrate on my complementary therapies regarding healing. Uh, Colin Moore just popped up there. More churches only have healing one evening a week if you work you may miss out especially if you don't attend church services drop in on saturdays may help expand the experience very true very true um i can see the comments starting to formulate in people's minds saying oh no it wouldn't work because we're basing it on pre-2020 we are in post-2020 now where people are in such need of healing uh anyway anyway my lovelies thank you so much um very interesting thank you you put in a lot of thoughts there a lot of ideas i hope i've stimulated conversation out there and these conversations will go on and thoughts of these will go on too marion do you know what you've really bless your art you've really thrown something into the um field there about a healing organization going out of business you know wow if that happened to one of the big players that would be disastrous with our current setup of how we approach our healing mediums so yeah it's not all in our hands it's also very much governed by external um facets really interesting i hope you've enjoyed that tonight i'm really pleased we've had this conversation as i said when i posted it on facebook it didn't go a little bit off tangent uh but it is something i'm not a scaremonger uh, but it really is something we need to think about and really need to just keep asking these questions why why do i need to do two years and what was it 20 hours my god no, 100 hours, that was it. Yeah, two years and 100 hours of observances. Yeah, I'm sure a dentist doesn't train for that bloody long. <laughs> yes. Why? Why are, we, why are we doing this to these wonderful people? Anyway, thank you all ever so much. Thank you. Thank you, those watching tonight. Thank you, those watching uh, maybe on catch-up time, maybe those listening in on the podcast as well. I hope I've given you... Uh, I hope I haven't frightened you, because I don't set out to do that. I hope I haven't upset you or caused you worry, because I don't set out to do that. Uh, but what I do set out to do is just to talk about things and to get people thinking, to get people active. You know, spiritualism is one of the most active religions I've ever come across, and it's beautiful for that. Um, and we need to look at things and suddenly, you know, rehash things at times. And think, why are we doing it this way? Why are we doing it that way? 
uh, you know, the world's changed. How does that change what we're doing? Anyway, 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 anyway. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, lovely Jack, brother from a different mother. <laughs> Thank you. You take care. Next week, I have the lovely Bill Rich uh, will be my guest. So we're looking forward to linking up with Bill. It's been quite a while we've linked up with Bill. Uh, that's going to be fun. <laughs> so that's 7 o'clock next Saturday, Bill Rich. Uh, we have meditations Monday night, 7 o'clock. Saturday morning, 9 o'clock. Um, we have in-church services that you can watch live at home on our Facebook page. Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. And Wednesday afternoons at 3 o'clock. So, yeah. It's all good fun, isn't it? Anyway, everybody, have a wonderful, wonderful night. I can actually switch off now for a few hours before kicking in tomorrow morning. Have a great night, everybody. Take care. Lots and lots of love. And we will speak soon. Bye.